Well, let's face it, in the life of the church, it does not get any bigger than this, the next eight days, Holy Week and Easter. We already have a taste of it this morning. The pageantry, it overwhelms. This is as good as we do. This is as big as it gets. On a, it's hard to even know how to rank it. I mean, think about what happens on Thursday, Maundy Thursday, the day we remember the mandate to love as Jesus loved. He puts a towel around him, he stoops, and he washes the disciples' dirty feet. What is that? On a scale of 1 to 10, maybe 200? I know it's ministerial exaggeration, but you get the point. I mean, this is, this is big. Or, or how about Good Friday, originally called God Friday? Jesus left to die on a cross, abandoned by everyone, apparently even by God. How do you rank that? On a scale of 1 to 10, what is that, 250, 300? I I don't know. And then there's that Saturday, nothing. There's just silence and despair. There's no way to rank that. But a week from now, we celebrate the resurrection. And that is as big as the church knows to celebrate. That's as big as it gets. On a scale of 1 to 10, what is that? 3 million, something like that? Which brings us to today, Palm Sunday. I was remembering how 20 years ago, I was interim at a church in Columbia, Missouri. And they have this great tradition, the downtown churches of Columbia. I think it's at 10 a.m., but they all file out of their churches around the town with palm branches and they make their way down Broadway, the main street, which is blocked off, and a few hundred folks there set up and have a brief service waving the palms and celebrating. It's a great tradition, but don't get me wrong, it does not compare to when a football game is happening at Mizzou. Right? I mean, that, they need crowd control. But for this, it's like, okay, we'll put the cones up, but there's nobody out anyway, and there's only a few of you. It's not that big a deal. Well, it turns out it's not that big a deal in Luke's gospel either. Luke doesn't call it triumphant or triumphal. doesn't call it anything. He just talks about it, tells a story about a rabbi and a few followers making their way with a few hundred other pilgrims into Jerusalem. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd say Palm Sunday's about a 1. It's pretty small. I don't think it would have made the headline news. I don't think they would have interrupted programming. I don't think it would make the little ticker across the bottom. It's just a rabbi and a few followers making their way into town. Luke says nothing about palms, nothing about hosannas. Just entering the city. The people in the ancient world, they knew what triumphal entries looked like. This was not it. In that day, when an army would conquer another nation, they would ride in, generals and whoever, on white stallions and everybody praising and bowing, paying homage. But Jesus comes clip-clopping into town on a donkey. It's kind of embarrassing, really. There's nothing triumphal about it. I'd say it's about a one. Hurrah. A minister friend of mine was telling me when she was in Egypt a few years back, she was uh, sitting on the bus with all the tourists, right? They have their cameras around their necks, bags of souvenirs, and she looked out the side window of the bus, 
And there in downtown Cairo was a grown man on a donkey coming into town. And she said he was huge on this donkey, and the donkey was kind of galloping, and the guy was having a hard time holding on. He almost fell off. She said, trust me, a grown man on a donkey is not triumphal. (laughs) And it's true. It's not. So what was Luke thinking telling this less than glamorous story? Well, I think he gives us a clue in the very first verse of the story. It says, when he had said this, he made his way to Jerusalem. Said what? Well, just before this, Jesus tells a parable about a king. And this king has servants. But when they don't quite cooperate with his reign, he calls them to account. And the last verse of that story says, but as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and slaughter them in my presence. And then Luke tells the story of King Jesus. The contrast is palpable. There are the kings of the world who ride in on stallions and who slaughter anyone who makes their list of enemy. And then there's Jesus riding in on a donkey. One scholar has said, that this is street protest because here Jesus makes an ass out of Rome. He pokes fun at them. This is satire. The crowds, really, they don't pay him any mind. It's just a rabbi with some few folks following. But Jesus pays mind to them. He enters the city and he cries. He cries because Jesus knows that in a few short years, Rome will lay siege to Jerusalem and destroy the temple, and lots of folks will die. And maybe Jesus still cries when he watches the news out of the Middle East, or anywhere for that matter. Jesus enters gently. This past week, Kansas City marked the anniversary of World War I 100 years ago. Maybe you saw the, the um, stealth bomber flying over the city. I was reminded of that um, by that of when we were in the Iraqi War. I remember because there was a military air show downtown at the downtown airport and they were taking off and doing little loops around and screeching through the sky and the pathway led over a Home Depot where I happened to be. We were building uh, one of those retaining walls and I'd made multiple trips. It was like we were building the Great Wall of China or something and I just kept going back to the Home Depot and the lady there in the garden center was helping me load this time into the back of the SUV. And it was about that time that one of those jets screeched overhead and then she said something that was exactly what I was thinking but with an entirely different tone. She said, I'll bet that scares the hell out of those people in Baghdad. And I think that is the exact opposite of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. If you want to know what Jesus' entry into Jerusalem looks like, You just have to look around. Last Sunday I was gone. I was preaching at an Episcopal church. I'd had a long-standing commitment. 
the priest there is a former student of mine. It was great to be with her. She's a wonderful person. I did not expect to run into Bob, a man that I'd known 10 years ago at another church. It was a little bit of small talk, catching up. And then he told me how his wife is fading away with dementia. And, of course, while he was talking, he just started crying. And while I was trying to be present to Bob, my mind rushed back two years ago when my mom died from Alzheimer's. We'd moved her here probably eight years before that, something like along those lines, when we saw the signs of dementia. And at first it was assisted living, but eventually in a care facility. And my mom had been so vivacious a person. When my mom was a teenager, she was in love with Frank Sinatra. Lots of teenagers were, except my mom tried to call him long distance. (laughs) My granddad was not thrilled when he got that bill, but my mom loved Frank Sinatra. She loved chocolate. She loved Diet Coke. She loved dancing. She was pretty much a single parent for most of her life and an engineer for the phone company. But in retirement, with dementia... She was fading away. So I would go to the center a couple of times a week, and if the weather was good, I would wheel her outside. I would always bring a Diet Coke or a chocolate milkshake, and I'd put Frank Sinatra on Pandora, and we would sit there a while, and eventually I would wheel her back in, and then I would go out and sit in the car and cry. And when I pulled out of that parking lot... I always drove slowly. Do you, do you get that? I think that's closer to Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. In a word, gentle. Or maybe you saw that iconic photo from Aleppo, the five-year-old boy in the back of an ambulance, staring numb into nothing. They took it from a video. You can download it if you can stomach it. It's, it's quite powerful. He sits in the back of that ambulance, tries to wipe his face, but his blood is clotting up his eye, and he just stares. And then a few minutes later, the ambulance drives away. I think that's closer to Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. He doesn't come on a stallion or riding in a jet, but wheelchairs and ambulances, gentle. And so on this Palm Sunday, we open the gates, we open our hearts, and we welcome Jesus into the city. And at this modest little parade, we pray almost in a whisper, Come, Lord Jesus. Come into the city. Come into Jerusalem. Come into Baghdad and Aleppo. Come into Kansas City. Come into nursing homes. Come into this sanctuary. Come into our hearts. And save us, we pray, even from ourselves.